I'm an example of how your passion can change your life, even if that passion is something as obscure as bow hunting. Bow hunting changed my life. Your passion, whatever that may be, can change yours. The mountain that raised me, they call me crazy because I can't handle the way that I live. I am the apex, I am a monster. When I am hammering, I do not quit. I got it from Cam, I made up my mind. I'm about to be better than I've ever been. What is the difference between me and you? I'll die a legend before I give in. It's like every step I take, I move my... So my whole goal with most of it is to write the feelings that I'm feeling and try to relate it to other people so that they can understand like you're saying. Like, like hey, I'm not the only one that's struggling. You know, I'm not the only one that wants to to give up at times i'm not the only one that you know is having a hard time and feeling like i'm not adequate enough but so my goal is to like express that feeling and then by the end of the song give you a solution like keep fighting keep working keep going hey these these messages that i'm saying i learned these when when i was hunting like i don't quit stay and fight that that happened on elton's like right. that happened you know these things that i'm saying that are impacting you that you're relating to your life these, this is something that I, I learned from my heritage it's so important to have a voice and then the way that you speak right the way that you you act and because if we don't they will you know and we need people to, to represent and represent appropriately we constantly get in a, a mindset of like failure and we don't ever look at it like it's us right but when you put like those systems in place of like what you do and you start to do that whether it's the practice of shooting your bow or not camping when you're shooting or paying attention to wind like you're talking about we rely on our systems like our practice like practicing right hey guys welcome to 2024 Thank you for all the years of support. Been at this a long time and uh, appreciate you sticking with me. And if you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. If you could help me out by going to iTunes or Spotify and leaving us a review, I really appreciate it. It helps me keep this free. Speaking of keeping this free, check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20% on everything that they have. And lastly, if you could... Do yourself a favor, help protect hunting, help protect your heritage, and get involved with Howl for Wildlife. That's Howl for wildlife.org. Go check it out, get involved. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, we are going to uh, shoot the shit with Schaefer. Mr. Michael Schaefer, how are you? I'm doing good, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, thanks, man. And uh, let me start off by saying I love, you know, traditionally hip-hop music. So I, I'm I'm originally from Brooklyn, if those of you have okay. never heard it in my voice that I have a New York accent. But I grew up on hip-hop. I grew up on rap and hip-hop, and that's always been my my go-to music. Yes, I like 80s big hair bands too. I, I was, I'm a child of the 80s, so there's there's a, there's that too, and I like yeah. I like pop music. But traditionally, anything that has to do with hunting has always been pretty much country music. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't really see very much other genres get in there. <clears throat> so when I first heard your song, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, yeah the positive messaging and. Uh, you know, obviously the delivery and the passion and then, you know, having campaigns tied with it uh, also was, you know, a big plus for me. So I just wanted to congratulate you right off the bat on doing stuff 
that nobody else is doing and, and the success that you've seen so far with it. So, man, I, I super appreciate that. I, yeah, I've questioned a lot down my road if I need to switch over to country, but I, uh, <laughs> well, you, I mean, yeah. it's, it's seemingly not your demographic, right? Like at face value, you would think that mostly urbanites listen to hip hop and yeah. most urbanites are not what you would consider your first, I guess, constituent for, <laughs> for, uh, yeah. for hunting. Right. And, but that, I mean, I, I'm here's, here's a guy sitting across, the, you know, from you that I'm from Brooklyn and I've been hunting since I'm five years old, you know? So I was a city right. boy. Uh, I live in Arizona and I have lived in Arizona since 91. So I've been out here out West and pretty much a, you know, a zoni by now. Um, yeah, you know, but there's a lot of people that occupy the cities that long to be in the mountains and long to to be out there, and so it's a it's a it's great to see. Anyway, thank so. you. Yeah, I think for me, honestly, that's it's kind of because of my my dad. I'm from Salt Lake, Utah area, and um, back in the the 70s, maybe even earlier, you know, hunting was kind of a big part of the the culture here mm -hmm. you know and it's definitely changed now i think i think the city's become more of a as it's gotten bigger more of a traditional type of city where there's not a lot of that but there's also a, a ton of hunting here in utah right so i think sure i think it's always been the culture kind of you know here um so for me i have like the heritage of my my dad and grandpa like i grew up in the city but that's like what we, we do. And my dad, so he owns a, a boat shop here in Utah where we work on people's boats, but he also has done taxidermy for like the last 40 years. So hmm. hunting is, hunting's always been, you know, the, one of the major focuses of, of our life, you know? And so that's kind of, but I, I also, the city came and, and, you know, hip hop, obviously grew and came into our city and that became a part of me too. So it's kind of one of those things that it was like, you know, my heritage with things that I learned to love with hip hop. And that's just who I became. I kind of became this person that's doesn't really make sense because it's like, I, I, I love both. Right. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, at face value, if you, <laughs> when you think of, you know, hip hop guys or, or hip hopsters, however you want to yeah. put it, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't envision, uh, a, a white <laughs> kid from, I think you're LDS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even better, a white Mormon kid from Utah, you know, spitting flames that, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's, Yes, you can see that from a kid who grew up in LA or Detroit or, you know, one of the like hard cities, but Salt Lake's not like, not that Salt Lake doesn't have its crime and yeah. doesn't have its, you know, uh, now urban attributes, you know, but it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but it's great. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're breaking molds, man. Cause yeah. thank you. And I think for me too, like, um, growing up, I, I definitely, like, I wasn't, I wasn't very into religion or into a God or I was, 
I was a kid, you know, doing, you know, not the best thing. So I think the hip hop and obviously that, that type of nature was something that I fell into. And as I kind of straightened out my life and started figuring out what I wanted, like that was still such a huge part of me that it's like incorporating my values into it, which a lot of those values came through like hunting, you know, where my dad, you know, like <clears throat> one of my songs is called the hunter son. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of planned on making like that actually an album name, not just a song, but like, and the point of that is like the lessons that, you know, he taught me, like my first, my first line in that song, is um, goes to my mind right now. It's a group in a city full of saints. But like, I don't, I don't make, I don't fit in. I don't make sense. Like I don't fit with, I don't fit. I I always kind of felt like I didn't fit with the LDS culture, but I also didn't fit with, I was also changing and not necessarily doing the, the troublesome things when I was, when I was young. So I was like, I never really fit in anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. I I was like too good. That's what I said. I'm too good for the bad, too bad for the good. You know, like I never fit anywhere. So the hunting and the rap, and especially now where it's, it's getting more attention. It's like, this isn't, it's not really something new to me. Like I felt this way my whole life. Like people didn't understand. They didn't get me because I, I want to show people that there is a gray, that there is a, there's a place that you can be the person that you are, mm-hmm. um, carry your values, be good at whatever you truly are and not have to be like, not have to be uh, categorized, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, as a society, we do that very well. Like specifically, let's talk, keep talking about hip hop. Like if you haven't like had a certain set of struggles, then you can't be taken serious. Like, and everybody's struggles are different, you know, like a guy from one state is different from the guy from another state. And it's being able to talk about those struggles because you might not be what the mainstream or whatever is talking about, but there's other people that are facing the same things that you face that can relate to your music. And that's what it all, you know, it it all comes down to finding your niche and who you're relatable to and are you doing something? And, and that's, that's beauty. And I keep hearing that out of your, out of your songs. And I keep hearing that when I've heard you, I heard one interview you did and I don't forgive me. I don't remember who it was, but I believe it was, he does hip hop type style, um, um, podcasts or something like that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I picked that up. I just, I just kind of caught pieces of that. And you were talking about wanting to change people's lives and be able to pull people up and your music having a, being a vehicle for that, you know, and like that kind of, that kind of resonates with me and it, it made real sense when, you know, your, your, your most popular song right now is Cam Haynes came out because that, that kind of stuff speaks volumes. Like you, you know, yeah, you're walking the walk with it. So, well, and I just music for me, you know, the, the reason why I've always loved music, not, not just hip hop, just because like songs that always, helped me the the most were the ones that I felt like the person was speaking to me Mm -hmm. or speaking about things that I was going through. And my goal has always been to, well, it hasn't always been. Uh, Initially, a lot of my music was kind of self, 
absorbed, right? Like, uh, I'm going through this. I'm specific to me. And I actually, I, I said this on a on another podcast that hasn't come out yet. I had a, a moment where one of one of my brothers kind of told me I, I was actually doing a battle rap and and I got off the stage. I just like, you know, like I said, I was I was different. I just like murdered this dude on the stage. And I got off kind of feeling like, you know, proud, like, yeah, I just like beat this dude. Mm-hmm. And um my brother was like, I was like, Yeah, what'd you think? And like all proud and he's like, Yeah, that's that's cool, but like that's not who you are. And mm. I realized like my music was pretty self-absorbed. It was like me complaining about my problems. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily necessarily say all my songs aren't like me venting because it's a way that I vent. Right. But, but my whole goal with most of it is to write the feelings that I'm feeling and try to relate it to other people so that they can understand, like you're saying, like, like, Hey, I'm not the only one that's struggling you know, I'm not the only one that wants to to give up at times. I'm not the only one that, you know, um, is having a hard time and feeling like I'm not adequate enough. But so my goal is to like express that feeling. And then by the end of the song, give you a solution, like keep fighting, keep working, keep going, you know, be like Cam Haynes. Like, like I know that, I know that Cam has days that he's not he's not perfect. You know, he's not Superman. He, he says that, you know, and it's like, when I say like, I'm feeling like campaigns, it's not like, oh, I'm this beast every day. Like, it's like, Hey, do the best that you can and, and find something more, you know? But I also want to incorporate like, Hey, like there's going to be days that you, maybe you don't feel like that, but getting that small win, getting up and doing a little bit today is something that he would do. You know, it's something that, you know, people that are great do. It's something that you can do. And, you know, I, I just want, you know, I, I don't want people to, because a lot of my songs are motivational and that, and there's going to be days that you don't feel that way, but it's like getting a small win is the same thing that day. Maybe that's, maybe that's your, you know, maybe that's how you elevate yourself the best you can that day. And so that's, that's my whole goal is like to make music that can elevate people to push people to to help people grow maybe maybe it's just to make them feel like hey i ain't i ain't the only one that feels this way and you know we ain't alone we we there's a there's a community of people that are that are getting up and trying you know yeah absolutely and there's there's also a community of people that don't get up and try (laughs) there's a vast majority of people that don't get up and try and that's yeah kind of why this freaking country is going to shit. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, you said something earlier and I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's like music. I think we all have music is a, is probably one of the most powerful motivators out there. It's like, it's why you listen to music while you're working out or why you're, you know, you watch a movie, especially the old movies. Like if you, you watch like a Rocky or something like that. And I know that sounds a little loaded from the guy with the last name Stallone, but you know, you leave that movie with the soundtrack in your head. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something like, Hey, I can, I can have the eye of the tiger. I can, you know, and you know, I look back at everything I do. That's physical, especially I literally have mm-hmm. playlists for everything. So like, you know, if I'm going to go do cardio or I'm going to go, you know, 
go hiking yeah. or whatever the case may be. I, I'm very motivated by the music that I'm listening to. And I think it's a great avenue for you yeah. to express yourself. And I think you're, you're doing an amazing job of portraying a, a mindset that helps people. And I, and I'm, I don't know. I think yeah. that's something Thank you. special. So, yeah. so when you were talking about like the, the 80%, you know, the, the people that, that don't want to get up type thing. Mm-hmm. And something came to my mind of a conversation I just had like yesterday. Um, someone told me we were talking about stuff and they're like, I guess, I guess I'm just inherent, inherently lazy. Like that's just, I'm just lazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I told them, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're all inherently lazy. Right. Like nobody wants, nobody wants to get up. Nobody wants to do that stuff. Right. And I think those movies that you're talking about, like the reason why they're so profound is like, we're watching the one, right. We're watching mm-hmm. the person that, that overcomes the odds. And, and I just think like, why, why do, why do we as people look at those things and we don't think that we can be the one, right. Like why, like why i think that's the first step is realizing like yo that can be you like you can be great you can do incredible things but like like it's not just oh there's special people like you can be the one you can be that special person but it's like you're choosing yourself it's a choice yeah (laughs) yeah and that's the first step right realizing like yo we all want to we all want to be lazy we all don't want to get out we all think we're the side characters or just the but no you you're the one like you're writing that story, like get up and like, and that's what drives me. It's like that choice. Like when I don't want to go record or I don't want to go do something or I don't want to, like I have my trials, I have my things, but it's like, we all do. Yeah. It's like, like you said, I got superhuman Cam Haynes. He, he does too, you know? So yeah, yeah he is Daisy. don't want to carry that damn rock. I'm sure, <laughs> you know? Right. But like, you know, it's taking your life and what you do. I mean, And I think the reason why he stood out to me and why I made that song is like, he's just a, he's a bow hunter that likes to hike, likes to work out. And it's like, and he made something incredible out of it. And it's like, if Mm -hmm. you can, I'm a freaking weirdo rapping hunter that, you know, firefighter that doesn't make sense. But like, if I can make something that can, can affect people, like you can too. So anyway, sorry. No, no, that's, that's, I mean, that's perfect. Like it's, it's right on the nose. Like nobody's inherently anything like even, okay. us married guys, right. It's a choice. Like, yes, we love our spouses, but every day you got to choose, get up and be with that person. Yeah. Goods and bads, you know, everything's like, just like you have to choose, you know, you choose to go to work. You could choose not to go to work and you can live on the street. Like, like, so choosing to be great, is just a mindset. It's a it, yes, okay. There might be some physical limitations to, to certain things, but and some some people are just inherently gifted at certain things or uh, physically more inclined to be better at things. But the grand scheme of, of it all is, you can be any Joe schmo because you see it in business and stuff all the time, right? You see these guys that just come out of nowhere and create these amazing things and yeah. and it takes off and they do very well they're wildly successful you know that's the same thing as any of the physical feats like you just got to wake up and say this is my goal this is where i want to be 
and just recognize the avenues to get there and do it. Just got to do yeah. it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, have you, have you ever read the book, uh, outwitting the devil? I have not. Napoleon Hill? So write that it's down. a book by Napoleon Hill. It's kind of a, you know, it's an older book and there's something in that book though. So pretty much Napoleon Hill's having a conversation with like the devil. Right. Mm-hmm. And the devil has to like tell the truth no matter what. And, mm. you know, he's trying to figure out why he's like the devil affects men or whatnot. So it's really good. It's kind of, kind of deep, but one of the things that he talks about, like the devil says is like, he explains something called hypnotic rhythm, which is essentially if men have doubts and they make a bad, they make a, a poor choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And they continue to make that poor choice that eventually that person kind of gets in this rhythm of that choice. Like they get stuck in this, this back and forth of this choice Mm -hmm. and they continue to do it over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes a part of who they are. And I think like that concept of like hypnotic rhythm, like if you make a bad choice long enough, eventually it starts to, you start to believe that that's, really who you are and like for me when when i was talking about when i was younger and you know going down wrong path um i started to believe like i am this like i'm a i'm not a good person i'm this and that i'm this and that and i started to believe that and it started to define me Mm. well i feel like the same thing like you're talking about with with the good choices that we make like that time you don't want to get out of bed and you do or you do a good thing for someone or you, the more that you do that, it starts to define you and it starts to become essentially just who you are. Like, I don't think Cam just like woke up running marathons, right? Like he slowly started, right. You know, you start with a mile and then two miles and then three miles. And pretty soon that's like, I run every day. That's what I do. I lift, run, shoot. I, I do good every day or whatever it is. And that becomes essentially it defines your character, defines your integrity, and it becomes who you are. So I feel like whatever you choose to do, if you look at every choice that you make, like the wrong and the right, this is going to make me, my future me, like who I who I am. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he says like once, you know, whether it's realistic or not, he says that eventually, you know, the hypnotic rhythm of doing the wrong choice, you can't get out of that cycle, which I don't know if I 100% believe i feel like i feel like you I can don't. always choose yeah. yeah you can always choose you can always can choose always, the right direction yeah but i i think what he was essentially trying to say is that the more that you do it uh the good or the bad that becomes who you are and that becomes you know it creates those habits it creates sure. your character it creates and you start to not realize like oh that's a bad choice because it's what you've always done and i think the same way with the good like you lean into that good and eventually it's not that you're just doing this good thing because it's a good thing. You're doing it because it's who you are. Right. Exactly. So. And you know, and I could tie that in, I could tie that into hunting in, in, in a, in a microcosm way, you know, and it actually could become, it could become your, your norm also. But think about how many times you've been on a hunt. Hell, it just happened to me in South Dakota. So I can actually speak to it from personal experience. You know, you get it in your head that you're making bad choices. So you almost like almost manifest 
continuing to make bad choices. Like you, you notice that you're making mistakes as you're mistaking, as you're doing them, but you continue mm-hmm. to do them for whatever reason. Yeah. And instead of shrugging off the day before and starting a new day off and saying, okay, I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be this. And you just go back to what you were yesterday. And like, it's, it's very, like very easy to fall into that rhythm rhythm of not, I guess not being great. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I, I think like as people, we tend to do that, right? Because it's Mm. like, I don't want to say like, like for example, that like maybe you made a bad choice when you're hunting and you carry it with you. You're not like feeling guilt about it, but like say you make a bad choice in life, like you do something really bad. Like you, I don't know, cheat on your wife or something Mm. that's extreme, but you carry guilt with you. So maybe on a small level when you're hunting, you carry this like, I don't know, micro guilt of like messing up and then you self-sabotage yourself instead of like, like you said, like changing your perspective of like, I'm going to crush it today. I'm going to, you know, pay attention to the wind. I'm going to set up correctly. I'm going to not be too eager to call or, you know, um, pay attention to the sun. Like, yeah. And I think a way that you can do that is like having that center. Like they say, like, you know, the best time to work out is first thing because you, you get a win in the morning and then that sets the, the, the way for your day, right? Right. So if you can find a way to like center yourself when you're hunting, like you're starting your day off, you know, some people it's God, some people it's whatever, you know, cup of coffee and some meditation, like whatever it is, how do you center yourself at the beginning of, you know, the day or your task or your hunt, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. So. It's easier to look at defeat, I guess, and have something other than you to blame if you're being self-defeating. I don't if that makes sense. Like it's kind of hard for me to put into words. Like if you go out there thinking that it's not going to happen and then it doesn't happen, it's less of a blow than going out oh, there yeah. and saying that you failed. You know, oh, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's easy. Like it's an easier letdown. Yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna equate it. I'm gonna equate it to the. And this might not be the greatest analogy, but might be able to put it into a, a picture that you can understand. Like so, when I used to teach guys how to shoot archery, and they came in, you know on a Monday and they shot and they were shooting lights out. They were by the end of the, the day, you know, by the end of the session, they were, you know, stacking the arrows up in the, in the target. And then they come back and they shoot and their, their arrows are all over the place. You know, they can't get a, a softball size group at 30 yards and you grab the bow. I used to grab the bow and I would be like, Oh yeah, Harold, give me the bow a second. And then I'd make it look like I was changing stuff on it. And then I'd hand the bow back to them. And all of a sudden, those groups tightened up again. And you're like, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. You fixed whatever the problem was. Because it was easier for them to blame the bow that there's something wrong with the bow than to realize that they were doing something wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like it's it's not, like I said, not the most direct analogy, but it's kind of like, it's kind of that same mindset. Like, 
everybody wants to think it's, you know, blame something else. Like something else is the problem. Oh, oh man, the wind blew my stock. No, the wind didn't blow your stock. You weren't paying attention to the wind. And right, you blew right. the stock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's times where, yeah, you were following the wind and you were doing great and then it all of a sudden it changes on you. That's a different story. But, you know, like things like that, I think people, yeah. we look for those excuses. And it's like, like you're saying, you know, every day you got to wake up and, okay, got to make a choice to do these things, no excuses. And this is what my, this is what I want to do. And, and these are the outcomes I want to get out of it and so on and so forth. So, yeah. So, um, I want, I want to ask you about a, about a hunting story. I want you to share a hunting story before we get into that. How, how did you even, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but tell me about Cam Haynes, the, the, the song, like what, what was the inspiration for you to, to, Hey, I want to put this out there. And so Cam Haynes kind of, uh, I think like you were talking about, like, and I just want to just add to your last little part because I really like that. I think like I heard something from a guy named, his name's Wes Watson. He's like, he went to prison for like 10 years and then got out and is a fitness coach guy. And he says like, we fall to the strength of our systems. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think like you're talking about, like we constantly get in a, a mindset of like, you know, failure. And that can really, and we don't ever look at it like it's us, right? But when you put like those systems in place of like what you do and you start to do that, whether it's the practice of shooting your bow or not canting when you're shooting or paying attention to wind, like you're talking about, we, we rely on our systems, of like our practice, like practicing, right? And I'm going to explain why I brought that up. So for me, Cam Haynes came apart because or came about because of that. Like I am constantly in a state of like, I put a song out, it does well. Then it's like, or it does well, or it doesn't do well. Like sometimes they flop mm-hmm. and it's like, I get discouraged. Like I'm like, ah oh, man, people aren't feeling my music. People don't like what I put out. Like, well, what am I going to do? Maybe I don't have good marketing or maybe. A... So in my process of putting music out, it's always been like that. Like I put something out and it's, but my system is to keep trying things, keep uh, looking for avenues to, to put things out. So with Cam, I was going through that process. Like this was back in July of not this year, but the year before, before Cam even came out, before that song came out. And I just put a song out. It didn't do very well. Um, it was supposed to be like one of my biggest because I had a big name artist on it and it was, it just did okay. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was kind of discouraged and my wife actually drew out an elk tag for the Southwest desert in Utah. So she was putting in this work of like trying to prepare, like she's going and shooting her bow every day. We, um, we have a range at our, at my dad's shop that, that we can go shoot and stuff. So, She's putting in the work, shooting her bow, trying to get prepared. And I was like, I, I'm going to try to do this competition for another rapper. He was putting out a song and it was like, you could be featured on his song. And mm. he's you know, pretty big. And I was like, you know what? I wrote something. And in the song, I was sitting there while she's shooting. I just read Cam's book, Endure. 
And I was like, I didn't even remember the line. I'd have to look it up. But it was like, for the night, or I was like, something Cam Haynes, get it? Like, it was like a pun mm-hmm. in the rap. Right. And and I was like, I got to shoot a video for it so I can enter the contest. And I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, will you just film me real quick shooting my bow? And I'm going to wrap this thing while I'm rapping. And I'm going to turn around and shoot the bow. And so I went and put on like a bunch of old camo. It wasn't even like my real camo. It was like my dad's camo. And I threw a bandana on my head and I wrapped it, turned around, shot my bow. And I tagged Cam in it. Mm-hmm. And he saw it and he actually shared it on his story or something. And I was like, whoa, that was crazy. And it it was, you know, brought some attention to me. And I was like, I didn't actually win the competition. He picked other people. So again, another fail, right? It was like, ah. Oh. So then I put out a few other songs and I'd been like, I would occasionally, if it was something I thought related to Cam or something he'd like or whatever, I'd tag him in it and he'd see it and he'd like it. So he was kind of looking at my music now every now and again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through this process of like failing and failing and failing. But my system was, hey, get back up, work on a new song, go inward, try to find lyrics that people relate to and put these songs out and that's always been my system like whether a song does well or bad like just just get back up and keep fighting keep going keep trying and that that started to become a habit for me like it doesn't matter if it flops or not i'm gonna keep doing it so around christmas of last year i put out a song and it it flopped (laughs) again like so a lot of failure right and it's like and when i say flop like some people would be like pissed because they're like, oh, you're getting numbers and there's a lot of artists and I shouldn't be ungrateful like that. But it's just like, for me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to progress and I'm trying right, to get better. Trying to get time. to the next level. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily flop, but I'm not hitting the levels I want. I'm not hitting my goals. And it was around Christmas and I had bought a bunch of his books in there and I bought a bunch of Goggins books, Can't Hurt Me. And I was giving them out for Christmas presents because um, they really affected me and impacted me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there discouraged. Like it's like the 20, like the day after Christmas. And I have this stack of books down in my studio and I take a picture of the books. And I'm like, that's pretty. Cause I got like lights in there and it's all lit up. And I'm like, that's a pretty cool picture. So I, I was like, I don't really, if it's not like related to my music, I, mean, I wasn't really posting a lot. And so I posted the picture and just wrote what they meant to me. And, and he liked it and he commented in my thing. He's like, thank you. And then I wrote in the message, I just like, Hey dude, you don't like these books, your book really impacted me and I'm super grateful for it. Just, I wanted to let him know. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back and he was like, Hey, uh, um, I'm actually starting a podcast you got any ideas? I need an intro. And I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got some ideas. Like, let me, let me make something for you. You know, just kind of shooting for the, the hip. And right. he's like, all right, let's do it. And you know, he followed me and like, didn't really, from that point, we didn't really say anything. So I, I go to bed and I'm like, I'm amped, dude. I'm like, I don't know. How am I supposed to make a song? that's not like <laughs> corny, corny as hell. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to come off cheesy and I'm like, oh, like, what am I going to talk about? So I get up the next day. I actually took off work because I'm like, I want to get something to him before he moves on. Right. Like, I don't want him to move on and have someone. I'm sure he's got plenty of people that will make a song for sure. him. Sure. 
so I'm kind of like thinking, coming up with ideas, and I, I pull up a producer that I like and some of his instrumentals, and I push play. And the first beat I play is Cam Haynes. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I start getting amped. I start pounding monsters. I start freaking getting getting some energy created. <laughs> yeah. And like on the other podcast, like he, he was making fun of me because like I literally pounded like I think I want to say it was it was unhealthy amount. It was like four monsters. Oh, jeez, like, man. My heart would explode. <laughs> yeah. I was not. I, I don't dude, do I well like, with caffeine at all. Yeah. It's well, like I, speed I, to I me. I, yeah. I do not have that problem. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so I pound, I pound these monsters. I, and like I go down to my studio and I play the beat, you know, I put my headphones on, I'm playing it as loud as I can. And like, I just push record and, and I'm just like grunting and trying to create energy and bouncing around, like, and just trying to, and you know, the first line is just, I, I was like, the mountain of brazen came out all like aggressive. And I, I played it back. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's crazy. So then that's literally how I, how I made the first verse was I would say a line um say a line say like come up with stuff just kind of like almost like freestyling it mm-hmm. um, which i don't i don't do i'm not a freestyle i write my songs and and i would just come line for line for line for line and i got to the very end and you know came up with the last line so like campaigns of, of the bridge and and i was just like okay this is dope i i got something special here and knocked out that first verse in the chorus up to yeah, like I said, the campaign feeling like road tough. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to my engineer. I was like, dude, I need this like now. I need you to do this today. Which he's he's like a legit engineer, right? He's, he works in Atlanta and he mm-hmm. works with other artists. But he knocked it out for me. I sent it to Cam like the next day. So it was like two days after I messaged him. I was like, hey, I got this for you. And sent it to him. And he loved it. And was like, all right, let's do it. So then... I spent the next like I didn't do the rest. Then I I spent a couple more days. I knocked the song out in like a week, which was like crazy for me because most of my songs are pretty technical with the flow, and it, mm-hmm. it takes me a while. But um, just it it just another lesson of like I think inspiration is important, mm-hmm. but like dedication and focus and a relentless like I'm doing this trumps inspiration any day. Like you Absolutely. can. And that was a huge, like, it was a huge lesson for me. And it's actually helped me with a lot of my songs now because it's like, if I lock myself in that room and I say, I'm doing this song, I'm doing it. Like, in, and I don't need the inspiration. I don't need, it's just, you almost have to break through that barrier of like, oh, I'm not inspired. I'll come back to it. And as an artist, that's a, that was a huge thing that was holding me back. And, and I shattered that with, with Cam Haynes. And that made my future songs just like, I plan them out. I'm like, okay, I have this song. I'm not touching another song. I'm not listening to other beats. Cause a lot of times as an artist will be like, mm-hmm. Oh, listen to this one, listen to this one. And you're all over the place. And it's like, no, I'm listening to this. I'm finishing this and I'm doing this. Like, and it doesn't matter how I feel or how I, I'm going to push through that and finish. And so anyway, got the song and I thought he was putting his podcast out like right away. Cause that's kind of how I felt in our conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dropped the song like, the next week i'm like all right i'm putting it out put it out and then his podcast came out like a month later hmm. so so it actually came out before and um yeah then uh it obviously helped me a ton and uh that was 10 months yeah that was almost 11 months ago so 
it's been out a minute. Yeah. And probably most people are just finding out about it, you know, now or whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely made my, uh, my workout playlist. My son loves the song. He knows every word to it. He learned every word to it when he came the first, like two days after the first time I played it. He's seven years old. He's, he's, he's jumping around singing the mountain that raised me. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't know nothing about mountains. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you know, one day, yeah, you know, he's still growing, right? He's got to be raised. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. No, that I, there's a there's a you were saying something, and there's a really good quote. I want to say it's Michael Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't remember when I heard him say it, but I, I recently kind of incorporated it into my into my mindset. I remember that I was doing this and I, it was, I was, I had to get up the mountain in Idaho this September. And the quote goes like this. It's, it's not what you're capable of, but it's what you're willing to do. And I just kept saying this like mantra to my head. Cause we're, you know, as humans, we are far more capable than we, you know, the, the, yeah. the will has to, supersede that won't you know and like it's not or or the even the can't because there's so many times that like you said you're you're like oh i don't feel inspired to do this i don't whatever but if you just put your mind to it you can achieve it that's i mean it's the same reason why cam haynes can run 250 mile marathon yeah i mean i'm not saying that everybody's physically capable of doing that and you got to work up to that but yeah there is a mind over matter mindset in, in that whole process. Like I can guarantee you at some point in that race, he's thinking to myself, shit, like, yeah, I feel like I'm, the wheels are going to come off. You know, the, I'm going to, I'm going to fall apart, but and it's his mind that gets him through it. The same thing with Goggins. Like, you know, yeah. the guy's body's like falling apart on him. He's got no knees and whatever, but he still manages to will himself to do these things. And that's what makes them ex- exceptional, you know. It also is what brings them a bunch of hate because people are jealous, you know, of that. And, and I'm sure you're you're probably going to be getting some of that too now, you know. Like, have you been have you yeah. been getting hurt? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, and you know, I've gotten hate even before this happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think especially the hip hop like the rap community a lot like rappers don't one other rappers sometimes have a hard time seeing other people win and sure and it's it's interesting because all the the big artists that i have worked with like the ones that are wildly successful like millionaires you know from it Mm -hmm. um the the advice that they have always given me has been like yo like it's it there's enough for everybody like you don't need to be if you're if you're investing that energy into like hating on them because they're winning, mm-hmm. like you're you could be putting that energy into your craft, into your work. So I would say, yeah, there's it's definitely been a lot more, you know. But in reality, most of them I think are just like the ones that I have responded to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always like, yo, it's not for everybody. Like you don't yeah. like. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe you'll like the next one, you know, and like fist bump, you know, emoji or whatever. And it's like, 
and most of them flip real quick and they're like yo you you you're a good dude and it's like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not saying people are gonna i'm not the best rapper i'm not the best like this or that like i'm not saying that i'm saying i'm gonna keep grinding i'm gonna keep putting out music like i'm not saying i am cam Haynes or i'm like a marathoner or, or a specimen of fitness i'm not saying that mm-hmm. like i'm just saying i do have a mindset of not giving up i do know what it's like to fail and keep going like and so the hate i think it's affected probably like the people that care about me more like i've seen more my loved ones get defensive like ah he's and i'm like i don't even care like you guys are just drawing more attention like when you're when you're hating it like it's just helping yeah you. yeah like when you engage like, with these these people yeah yeah, yeah. I, I've so, I've dealt with that for a very 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 long time. Um, have you? Yeah, I I mean I, I I get it not so much from the from the hunting world, but I got a lot of it originally from the anti hunting world, and you know I still have I still have my my crew of haters in the in the hunting world, but yeah, you can't let it infiltrate your your. And I have. Don't get me wrong, I have it. There's been times that I have let it. Uh, consume me and still now like the only time I let something like get underneath my skin is when it's I, I can give a damn if you're directing it towards my ability to hunt or my you know uh, mm-hmm. style of hunting or anything like that but whenever you kind of like oh God, I'll give you for instance I dealt with something recently where I was kind of like being accused of poaching mm-hmm. that kind of shit gets to me Mike, you know, yeah, yeah, like that. Because, that I have a hard time not defending, you know. Um, but yeah. you know, you tell me, oh, oh, you only shoot little shit or something like that, or you know, uh, whatever, whatever stupidity. I can't even think of anything right now, but I, I don't really, I don't really pay much attention to that stuff anymore. I just delete, and move on. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's probably because it. It's attacking your integrity, right? Yeah, like, exactly. If you intact, that's a good, perfect way. That's a good. If you intact my integrity, then 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 I'm probably going to have something to say. I don't care if you got some. If you got an opinion about my style or my, you know, my approach or my abilities, I, that whatever, dude. Like, yeah, you know, I've always had the mindset like, hey, whatever you want to. <laughs> You might be the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Actually, you know what? It never comes from something like that. So if, if I really wanted yeah. to, I actually what I used to do back in the day was like, yeah, you ever want to come and compare trophy rooms? You know, be yeah. more than happy to happy to oblige. But I've even lost that mindset because that's that's that doesn't do you any any good. Like, okay, big deal. You know, you my accomplishment. I don't need to compare my accomplishments to yours. You know. Yeah, no doubt, and. So there's another book that an artist called his name's Nick D. I don't know if you've heard of him, but like he's he's more of like a pop type artist. But maybe he put out a he put out a book recently called uh, "You Don't Want It Bad Enough" or something like that. And he's given advice, and it's a great book um, about like succeeding in music. And um, one of the things he talks about with the haters is like, you know, obviously there's the the concept that a lot of people say like, you'll never see a hater doing better than you. But he's like a lot of times when you're dealing with, with other people and haters, like your example of how you like react is important because like hunting, there's a lot of negativity that's associated with it. 
mm-hmm. already with like uh blood and cutting off heads or beer drinking shooting everything and killing oh, yeah. and it's like just because of the history of bambi or whatever it is and it's like you know i think the example that we set as as hunters representing it like whether i i want it or not like i'm associated with that you know i represent hunting i represent firefighters i represent meaningful hip-hop so like now i can't act in a way that um so anyway my 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 point with that is like how i react represents you know, and the hunting community. And so like what I say, if I pop off and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just going to, it's just going to prove their point. Right. Right. And, and I've been very careful to like associate myself with, with certain things. Like, like I don't, like I'm not trying to claim that I'm anything that like, you know, if I, if I am a certain way and I dis like I disrespect that, that group, you know, but hunting is something I, I love and I'm passionate about and I, I will represent in a, in a positive way. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I think it's super important that all of us, not just guys like yourself or me that have influence over people. I don't care if you got five followers or you got 5 million followers on social media. It's important for us because this is one of the biggest things that we're facing with Alpha Wildlife the, the one of the biggest things that we're facing as the uh, in the hunting community in general is that the anti-hunting establishment is really pushing to develop this narrative that, like you said, we're this bloodthirsty hillbillies running around willy-nilly shooting shit and lopping off heads and leaving carcasses out there and just trophy hunting, and they're trying to paint this picture of us. And every time that we do something that kind of makes their lives easier to paint that picture, we're doing hunting a disservice and we're getting closer to losing. And I, you can't even say right because hunting is not really considered a right in most states. It's a privilege. And yeah. you know we're getting closer to losing that privilege to hunt and losing that lifestyle that shaped us and that a lot of people, you know, you got music. So if hunting went away, you still have one thing. There's some people that's all they got is like, that's, that's their thing. And think about it. If that went away, what would your life be? Like, what are you going to take up basket weaving? Like, I don't, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's very important just to highlight what you said. It's very, 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 very important. Portray the truths, not give them ammunition for painting this horrible picture of who the hunter is. So, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think if you can think about like, it goes back to the choices and the decisions you make, right? Like, and that goes back to how you respond. It does matter. And it, it's more than just like, uh, you know, popping off and, and getting that moment of satisfaction of like, you know, I, I got that guy. It's like, okay. Like, but you just set, you just, how many people are looking at your comments and seeing the way that you respond. They're like, Oh, that guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, so all hunters are like that. huh? Like, right. Oh, they can't be, they can't, you know, respond in a way that's going to help. Like, uh, you know, there's so much and, right. you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm sure not every hunter agrees with me. Like 
in that aspect, they might say like you need to defend. And I do, I do agree with that too. You know, like, like there's a difference. Um, I forget the quote, but like, there's a difference of, of being, of like showing leadership in the way and, and not being a pushover, not being like mm-hmm. allowing, you know, but some things are necessary and some things aren't. And knowing, knowing when to, knowing when to fight and when not to is, is I think key, but knowing how to also like, you, you, yeah. you know, the last thing you want to do is engage and say, Oh, this is my right. Or, you know, sound yeah. it, it just come off with like, Oh, I, I should be able to, you know, use a grip and grin picture. And it's like those, that mindset is just doesn't do us any good, you know? And, yeah. um, it really should be on all of us to educate ourselves on North American model wildlife conservation, what the truths are behind hunting, um, right. like, and humanize it, humanize it. Like we want to, you know, hunting is human. It's been around since ever, you know, since humans have been there, hunting has been a part of our culture. It's only the last like 50 years or so where hunting has kind of gotten this like, you know, gray area. And the only way that we change that is by individually having those nuanced conversations or even the way you interact, you know, via social media, whatever it is, and telling the whole story. Otherwise, if you're just putting out a picture with a bloody deer, mm-hmm. like that can be construed in many different ways. Like if there's no, there's nothing that goes with it and say, you know, telling the whole story and, you know, the people that you were with and the, the camaraderie or the, what went into that hunt. I don't care if it was a solo hunt or, you know, with family, whatever the case may be, you know, you work for 10 days and, you know, this meat that's going to feed my family and it's going to, I'm going to be able to share it with friends and da, 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 like all these different things that don't get portrayed with the picture of you holding a deer, Yeah, you know, cause right now they're trying to change the word trophy, like, trophy what do you speak say trophy to a hunter he's thinking he she's thinking the biggest most uh most mature of representative representation of that species within that area like that's how we consider what trophy is well yeah the trophy to them is doesn't matter if it's a you know a picture or a a head you just lopped off a head like you there's there's no there's no story there except for you're doing something wrong like the non-hunting population 75% of the non-hunting population is okay with hunting when hunting for meat as soon as you add the yeah. word trophy into the conversation that 75% goes down to about 22% and yeah. if you add like predator to that it goes down even lower that's why they're always attacking bear hunting and lion hunting and then plus there's a there's a disconnect in within the hunting community we are we're our own worst enemy we're always kind of fighting each other like you know the the internal hate like like the stupid shit that we fight about is just ridiculous yeah i I will i will say that was that's probably been the biggest um surprise to me as far as like hunters and stuff is actually having like with the music and, and that, um, having yeah. hunters. You hate. probably got, all, you probably got all of campaigns, haters to hate you too. 
Well, that's yeah, probably, yeah, probably what it is. You 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 picked probably. up his baggage. You I, know? Actually, it's interesting because I I would say that like I've noted like the the Joe Rogan type pages and stuff like that probably have more haters than his. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But uh, but the the hunting like you know ah oh, you're not you're not country you're not whatever it's like you're not you don't you don't right. belong in that or whatever it's like it's like just surprising to me because i'm like yo yeah. i'm a i'm a hunter i've been a hunter since i was exactly like like people are like are you just trolling are you just pretending i'm like dude i've been i've been hunting since i was six years old like my like and i think a big part of what you're talking about is i don't know if the heritage or the like i don't know if heritage is the right word or the ethics mm -hmm. um like my my dad took me out and taught me the, those and i say that a lot in my messages like the lessons of of being out there and learning and seeing and the peace and the growth it's it's so much more than just like a bloody animal mm -hmm. and like i took my so my wife didn't hunt before we were married and we've been married for five years and i remember taking my wife with me and sitting in an elk blind and on one of my elk hunts and um i remember her telling me kind of like tearing up and be like okay i get it and you know i, sh I ended up shooting a bull mm -hmm. and he uh is probably one of the most bloody animals i've i've hit in like just a super lethal shot he went down like i watched him die within like five yards and uh blood everywhere and if you went up and you just saw that like the blood all over the ground i actually have a picture that I took before I went and got like my brothers to help me pack him out. And it's pretty gnarly. Like there's blood all over the ground and it's, it, it looks pretty gruesome. And it's like, if you just saw, if I just posted that, mm -hmm. it would be like, Oh yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see all the effort that, no. that, that me and my brothers put in the time with me and my wife out there uh, watching cows come in, watching other bulls come in and just watching them and, like the beauty and the heritage and the growth and the, I spent like 20 days out there hunting, getting just freaking my ass kicked like you do on elk hunts. Right. And you wouldn't have been able to see all the times I'm out there and, you know, I'm praying to God, like just for my gratitude of my life and the things that I have and to be able to see, like you don't get to see all the, the beauty there, right? You just see that bloody picture. And it's like, so I think, like you said, finding a way to 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 show, and I'm going to say heritage because it is. Yeah. I consider it my heritage, um, the heritage and the ethics behind it, so that people can really understand, like you know, these songs. It's tough. And this, yeah, the it's songs a tough thing and to the, do. Yeah, but like, and that's why it was so important to me with my music to explain that, like, hey, these these messages that I'm saying, I learned these when I, when I was hunting, mm -hmm. like. I don't quit staying in the fight. That that happened on Elkins. Like right. that happened, you know, these these things that I'm saying that are impacting you, that you're relating to your life. These this is something that I, I learned from my heritage. And that is so much I don't know, like the aspect of that, the beauty of it and how how amazing it is, mm -hmm. like it's just so hard to portray. And with my music, I'm I'm trying yeah. to do that. I'm trying to I'm trying to explain like, hey, I the hunter's son, like I am the son of, of like my dad that he taught me these things. And, and, and it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I, 
I had this conversation the other day because, you know, there's a big controversy about like Cam and Joe saying, you know, find another trailhead or, or find it. Like if you, there's too many people. And I think bringing attention to, <laughs> you know, like I think br- bringing attention to it, right. Can make people upset because it's like, there are going to be more people, but understand that if there's not more people, if we don't have a voice in it, then we're going to lose it. Like right. you said, yep, exactly. it's like, it's like, well, yeah, we can be quiet. We can not say anything, but there's a lot more of them than there is us. Yeah. <laughs> At least it seems like it. Yeah, you know. Well, there and really it, is not that much more of them, but they just do a way better job. And I, I wanted to say something real quick because I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh yeah, sorry. about your about your picture. No, don't be sorry. It's um, your picture. They say you know a picture's worth a thousand words, right? But whose yeah. words are they? They. So if you don't give the story along with your picture, if you don't show the rest of it with it, then it's just left out there for interpretation. But going back to what you were just saying now. I mean, I respect Matt Ranella. He's he's a, got a whole podcast on it. And he's kind of like driving force of the hunt quietly, and yeah. you know that they're the biggest proponents to anti cam anti cam. Uh, you know, it's and I like, wasn't knocking him. No, I like, you know I'm 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 not knocking him either. But the reality of it is. I, I don't think his I, I understand where he, where he's coming from, but his mindset is not good for the overall picture of what hunting is. We are in the position that we are because of that mindset. So when I first went to, and I am I'm assuming I'm quite a bit older than you, but when I first went to um, Hunter's Ed, they used to teach you to be recluse. You know, don't show this, don't do that. Being the shadows, you know, a quiet hunter is is not going to get attention, so on and so forth. And yeah. all the while, since then, since the seventies, the anti hunters have been operating in the spotlight, and we've been operating in the backs, and nobody knows that we put all this money into putting animals back on the mountain. Nobody knows that we, you know. That the conservation right. efforts, the the weekends of volunteering to go put it in a water hole, or the care and time that goes into they don't know any of this stuff, and it's because we've been operating in the shadows. Let's let's be quiet about everything. Well, we're not in yeah. the shadows anymore. There's there's no way of getting around it. Everything we do is out there. Like you could barely go fart in a freaking corner without somebody videoing you. It's like you you can't do right. things anymore. So the only way to rise to the occasion and to get with the times is to show the realities of it. Don't let somebody else to write your narrative. Don't write you know, let somebody else write your story. You write the story. You put it out there. And the whole thing with the seat at the table and having a voice, we're like four and a half to 5% of the population and anti-hunting is about the same, maybe a little bit higher now. But yeah. like you're going to lose a seat at the table if that voice gets smaller and smaller. And the only reason why our voice has been able to have been so good over the years is because of money, because the government's yeah. greedy, <laughs> you know, right. and because they understand how it's connected to the economy. There's so many things that go like, I don't know, you know, I use this example a lot, but like 
okay, I'm a contractor, so I'd probably still have a pickup truck. But how many guys that wouldn't own a pickup truck if they weren't hunters to go to their desk job or to go, you know, yeah, there's things that happen in parts of the economy, like the travel, the money spent, like there's all these little tentacles that, that are attached to hunting. And that's why they say the hunting industry, even though I don't love that word anymore. I like hunting community better, but the hunting industry has, is a juggernaut. And literally if hunting went away today, it would crush the U.S. economy. That's the only reason. But you can't rely on that because yeah. look at this crap that's going. Like right now, Colorado is trying to ban mountain lion hunting. And if they're successful to get it on the ballot, there's a good possibility that they're going to win because we are not set up like the anti-hunters. are. The anti-hunters are poised to spend $1 million a week in propaganda to educate the non-hunting public on their narrative. And we don't have that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'll get off my yeah. horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. And, and I just think that's why, you know, like kind of back to what we're talking about, it's so important to, to have a voice and then the way that you speak, right. The way that you, you act. And cause if we don't, they will, you know, and you know, we need people to, to represent and represent appropriately. And, and, you know, that's, you know, yep. it's a lot. I get it. But, I think, yeah. I think Cam Haynes and, and Joe Rogan and guys like that, they're bridging the gap to the non-hunting public. And yes, they might create some more hunters, but I doubt they're going to create that many more hunters or at least not serious hunters. You know, there might be some, somebody that's going to go hunting once a year try it out. But yes, you might get some do or dyers, you know, you might get some crazy guys like you. I don't know how crazy you are, but you know, I go on nine, 10 trips a year, but you know, I, I, but the thing, the the fact that the matter is they have the ear of a lot of non hunting people and they're building an understanding a, they're making it okay. So now you have got all these people that understand hunting don't have the same narrative stuck in their head that has been fed to them by the anti-hunters and when stuff comes up to the balance when things come come up and you you need allies those are the people that are going to vote in your favor yeah so the whole idea the whole mentality of the hunt quietly thing i think is is cutting off your nose to spite your face yeah because all you're going to do is save hunting for a short amount of time Okay, yes, yeah. you might have more opportunities in the short term, but in the long term, that's going to end up killing us. So, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like we were talking about with me being different, like I think it's important mm-hmm. to realize that all hunters are different. Like, we're, like if you're trying to keep everything the same, if you're trying to keep, then the world changes. And if you don't change with it, mm-hmm. how, are, how are you supposed to impact the right way? Like, because, like you said, the, the anti hunters and that they, they are shifting and they are, they are changing with the times and with the, like, you can't just stay the same because the world is not the same. And that's always been kind of my take on, especially the music and the stuff that I'm trying to do is like, I am different and I don't necessarily, I understand the heritage because I grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Like I understand what it's supposed to look like. I don't look like that necessarily, but 
I love it. I understand the beauty of it. I understand how important it is and I'm going to represent it with that, but also showing like, Hey, the world is different. Like we are different and it's okay for those people that are different to realize like, Hey, this is something you can have in your life too. Because I mean, I think whenever you start being greedy or selfish with like, for example, hunting in the, in the aspect of like, this is mine. This is my thing. We can't have more hunters. It's like, so you're not going to share those things with people, like the good parts and the things that have made you a better person. Like you're not going to share that with the world. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't understand the, the, the mindset behind that. I, like I said, with music, there's enough for everyone and it's not going to, it's like more hunters. I, I don't, I don't think is going to put it to a whole thing stop that there's going to be no animals because there's going to be but i think that having a voice and and growing it and and continuing to feed it so that it can do what it needs to do is important so absolutely absolutely well uh before i let you go i wanted to see if you uh you had a cool hunting story you wanted to share with us or maybe something that you had an aha moment or Learn something yeah. about hunting a certain species or just an outrageous hunt, whatever. So I actually, uh, when you kind of mentioned that to me, I, I was trying to think of like an epic story or something. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing for me is the patience. So when I think, when I was trying to think of like hunts that I've been on and, and the lessons I learned in that from the animals or myself is, is patience. You know, I have a couple different stories and I'll be, I'll be quick, but like I was hunting a bull and in the desert as well. I, I had down there a bit and, uh, and a lot of times I, I hunt water and, um, in Utah, our season is like, I don't know if you've hunted Utah, but it's like, so, you know, like archery, it's like end of August, beginning of September. Like they're not really in the rut that much. Maybe the last few. Yeah. The, so archery, hunt, quiet. the archery, archery hunt is not really a rut hunt. It's, uh, th- that first rifle it's, hunt. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're quiet. And so back, cause we can't use cameras here anymore, but back when you could, mm-hmm. I had cameras out like back in like June and I found this bull and he's actually kind of a, kind of a freak bull. Like his one side's just got like four giant spikes and no, it's got two big spikes and a couple small ones. And then the other side's normal, That's normal cool. six. Yeah. I, lo- I love, I love character. Yeah, I actually, I, I shot him a few years ago. I actually just got him mounted up. So so I was hunting this boy. He was my target bull. And I saw him back in June and the hunt started. And like he ghosted me. And <laughs> I could not find him anywhere. Like like over three different mountain ranges. I was like, you know, checking cameras and trying to find him, trying to locate him. I couldn't find him. But I knew this area that he liked. And I had to get up, like, I was hiking in, like, I was getting in the blind at, like, four in the morning. Mm. And there's a ton of cats down there, too. So I had cats, literally, I knew, I was looking at cameras, the cats would be in there, like, one, two in the morning, Mm. and I'd be hiking in at that time. So I know I'm hiking, or I'm hiking in, and there's cats around me, you know? Yep. Like, and, and like, and I would have them come in, and water and stuff, I was sitting in. But I had to hike in. I don't know, probably a mile and a half, two miles. And then, so I was getting in way early and 
I sat and I sat and I had other bulls come in, but that was the bull I, was, I, I wanted and I was targeting. And I sat for like, I think 20, 22, 23 times. Mm. And, you know, I'm sitting from four in the morning till midday and then I'd get out, hike, hike down the hill, spend some time, hike back in, you know, check things, check cameras, whatever. And 22 days later, I'm sitting there and I don't hear anything. And I look up and he's standing at the top of this water and he, he sneaks in and I ended up getting a shot, a shot in at 18 yards and drilled him. But nice. yeah, so he, he uh, goes off and I ended up getting him. But with that, I think patience in like realizing that the elk have a pattern. So a few weeks later, I was, or not weeks later, like a couple of days later, I was pulling cameras and I found that he was over on this other, other mountain range. And I found that through the cameras that I had spread out, he had this pattern in this loop of like, it was like a 20 day loop of movement. Mm. And I don't know for sure, but I found that like, I think a lot of times when we're hunting, we lose patience or we give up on something too early because it's like, we get impatient and we're going to go chase or we're going to whatever. Mm-hmm. And like seeing it through and realizing that if you can pattern kind of elk or, or animals and figure out what their pattern is, eventually right place, right time. Sometimes it's luck, whatever you can kind of find them. So that was like finding patience in the process. Right. So two years ago, uh, my wife had that tag I was talking about and that was actually a later a later tag it was it started the beginning of september and went till the 30th oh nice so I, yeah so i i don't have like my dad's a great elk caller and but i'm not that great to be honest and but like learning from when they started the rut of like not being too overzealous with my calling to like the end when they're full rut and figuring out like i i've heard this a lot like you know, you, you give a call and there's, it seems like everyone has the amount, like they do like three, three chirps or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't just do two because it's like not natural. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So I think, um, with that, like patience and, and figuring out, you know, that, you know, breaking that mold of like when to call, when not to, when to just call and let them, cause on her hunt, for example, we had, we had elk that I would let out, I would let out, you know, a couple small calls and then we would wait and they would, you know, be searching. And a lot of times if you call too much, you're going to give away your position, right. you know, cause they're, cause they're searching. So you gotta like click curiosity, kill the cat once in a while. Yeah. But I think, I think with a lot of times for me, at least I get, overexcited i hear him coming i hear like i want to you know and it's like i think the biggest thing i've learned is patience patience with the process patience with the animal and and breaking like breaking that that part of you where you're overexcited and you know i think that's probably the biggest thing that i that came to mind i know it's not like crazy story but no it's good uh, man it's it's part of it like these are these are the things where people like have realizations you know you can listen to your story and think back to your your own experiences and say you know what shit maybe 
maybe I shouldn't have abandoned that. I, I, I don't. I, I can tell you right now, I don't think I would have sat twenty days in the same spot. I yeah. know I wouldn't have, especially if I had. See, the thing that kills you too is the intel. Like if you had all these data points from your from your camera, and he was there every other day for you know X amount of weeks. You, you expect that that's part of the pattern that he's on. That you said he was on this like twenty day loop. So and yeah. and I know like historically for me, elk tend to have like a three to five day loop. Yeah. So even when the rut's on. Now. Yeah. When the rut is not on, they're definitely more patternable. So like I don't know that I would have spent twenty days, but sometimes yeah. you just got to believe in the process and believe in in your plan and stick to it. Uh, patience has not def- definitely not been one of my strong suits <laughs> over yeah. the years. Well, and I think it too, to explain that story a little bit is I do think that like desert elk are different than like the elk in the pines. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like for that, I'd been watching him since like June and I'd seen, I, I don't know if it was quite like a 20 day. It, I sat for, I think I sat 20, 22, 23 times, mm-hmm. but, um, and watching him in the, from June, July, watching the, it was probably closer to like a, I don't know, maybe like a two week, a couple, 10 to 14, but still that's a long time and it's not sure. natural, but, but I had seen over those, that time when we could use cameras where I was watching him. Okay. He's, and it was like similar the timing, which wasn't something normally I do. Usually I get impatient and I had other spots mm-hmm. that had other bulls going. I had other bulls come in that were decent bulls, but it was just like, that was the one I targeted mm-hmm. and I knew that he had this kind of rotation, but you know, I think assessing your hunt is important because like, for example, my wife's hunt and I had a, I actually had another tag a few years later. They were completely different, right? Like mm-hmm. the, they were a little bit later because of the weather. Um, they were still like, they were, the bulls were still like batched up um, on my hunt and they, it was a totally different hunt. And then her hunt, they were in the rut, full rut. So it was like her hunt was a completely different monster than mine. But, you know, so figuring like, don't, don't fall into the trap of like doing the same thing every year based off of what you did last year, because it, it changes and oh, yeah. learning those things and assessing them. And for me, it, it worked out. And if I hadn't got them, I probably would have been like, Oh, I'm never I'm not going to do that again. I wasted all this time. But you know, for me, it worked out and I was able to, to kill that bull. And, and uh, so I think that's just, you know, one uh, assessing the situation, not the past experience and then having patience in, yourself the process and then the animal has been the biggest lessons that i've i've learned yeah no i, I agree like you, patience is is definitely key it's like it's it's the key the cornerstone of hunting <laughs> you know yeah the guys that are patients are always the ones that have the best chance of success it's a it's a great lesson and it's a hard lesson to learn like like i said i'm been doing this for you know, 40 something years. And I, I still haven't mastered patience. Like I'm, I'm good at it when I'm hunting with somebody else and I need, I want them to be patient. Yeah. But for myself, I've never been a patient person. I, I'm a push, push, push guy. 
And, um, you know, I've, I've developed a style of hunting that, you know, finds success, but I bet you, if I was a patient person, I would find way more success than I do now. So, yeah, well, I think, I think that's a general struggle for, for most of us. Cause I'm, I'm definitely still learning that too. So awesome. Well, man, I want to thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, spending time with us and telling us the story of how you, how you, you shaped yourself into who you are. And, uh, Absolutely. if you want to, and I appreciate what you're doing, like out there, like I said in the beginning, uh, if you want to share with, uh, with the listeners, where they can uh, follow along with your, you know, your music and what you're doing. Uh, go ahead and do that now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. So yeah, my name is Schaefer. Um, it's pretty much Schaefer music, uh, S H A F E R on all platforms, Schaefer on all music platforms. And yeah, I just, uh, I, I appreciate you brother. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Yeah. No, happy to have you. And, uh, and don't forget our little conversation about coming up with a song for Howl for Wildlife. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. It's, it's definitely been on my mind, so I haven't forgotten. So. All right, man. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Right, bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.